Collective Two's Top Trader Radio. For each week, we bring you in-depth conversations and insights from standout strategy managers featured on the C2 platform with your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Collective Two's Top Trader Radio. I'm Charlie Wright and we're very pleased you're with us. We'd like to welcome today's guest, John Nettle. John is the founder and CEO of the Protean Trader and of the Netto Number. He's also the author of the recently published book, The Global Macro Edge, Maximizing Return Per Unit of Risk. He speaks to us from Las Vegas, Nevada. John, welcome to Collective Two's Top Trader Radio. Thanks for having me, Charlie. It's great to be here. I, uh, I love Collective Two and I love what it stands for, so it's a great opportunity. Great. Well, we look forward to hearing from you. John, you, you currently trade only your own money. You're a former trader with clients' assets, so you are still on Collective Two's platform, but for verification purposes, not to manage people's money. You've been on that platform for several years, but in the past few years, you've created the Netto number, and now you focus on returns per unit of risk. So let's start with your background and tell us how you came to what you're doing today from being a sports bookie in high school. I think that's where it all started, Charlie. Is it came, you know, from an acknowledgement that I was that I have a, predis- a predisposition to take on risk, a predisposition to take on risk with a positive expected return, and the process of ascertaining what a positive expected return is is really where the journey lies. You know, and that's what's been a multi-decade endeavor to, to crystallize and formalize. And, and really for that matter, still um, have my process evolve. So it began, you know, when I was, uh, I'd say, you know, when I saw the movie Wall Street at the age of 12 and, and, and really became inspired by, by what my career path was going to be, or at least what I thought it was going to be. I ran a gambling operation or a bookie operation in high school, um, learning, learning to provide liquidity. And then um, when that didn't render the certain, the grade point average that, that, that it, took to get into a, a decent university, decided to join the Marine Corps and follow a passion of mine, which is, which is serving this great country of ours. And, uh, and that's ultimately where things circled back to, to the markets. And, and, uh, and I became, uh, you know, I wrote a book uh, in 2004 called One Shot, One Kill Trading. Um, I ran a commodity trading advisor. Um, I was an interesting broker. Uh, and done all sorts of things. And uh, ultimately in 2010, just focused solely on, on being a, on being a, on, on being a full-time trader and, and living off my P&L. Okay, so uh, you're a uh, commodities trading advisor, a CTA. You've managed others' assets in the past, and you're focused on the futures market, correct? Correct. And, and the operative phrase there, Charlie, is that I was a CTA in the past. In the past. I'm no longer a CTA. Did not hold myself out as a CTA. Um, I trade my own capital, and, and that's how I make my living. Okay. Now tell us about your uh, Collective Two experience. You've been on there for some time. Yes. Uh, really impressed with the whole format of Collective Two. And and I've been working on the Global Macro Edge since 2011. Uh, Collective Two to me is emblematic of uh, why Wall Street, there's never been more opportunity available to a more diverse group of people. When we think about the process of finding talent, sp- uh, specifically manager talent, uh, Collective Two to me acts as a bridge, and it transcends that divide of necessarily having to have gone to an Ivy League school, or having a five or seven or ten year track record, or having a certain amount of assets under management to demonstrate and showcase your talent. And so, having a third party verification system on a walk forward basis, which is to me at the very beginning of what Collective Two stands for, had a lot of appeal. 
So when I was writing my book, The Global Macro Edge, I not only had my own personal account verified by a third-party CPA, which I thought was very important over a six-year period, I also wanted to, to do something that the public could watch take place. So in February 2015, I launched the Protean Strategy on Collective 2. That's spelled P-R-O-T-E-A-N. That strategy is still there. Okay, And I ran that strategy from a real account with real trades, ran that strategy until January of, of 2017, so almost two years, 22 months. And during that time, as I outlined in Chapter 3 of my book, um, it was one of only four strategies that had a sharp ratio above 2.5, a Sortino above 4, um, had less than a 20% max drawdown, and it made more than 30% during that time period. And it was all done with real money um, on Credit platform. And I wouldn't have that verification, and people who are reading the book or at least looking for manager talent would not have that comfort level if it wasn't for the great platform the Collective 2 puts forth. And so to me, the idea that I, from my living room, wherever I'm at, whether it was in my apartment in Manhattan or here in Las Vegas where I live now with my wife and daughter, um, can provide value and provide a grid that doesn't, that's not predicated upon, well, if this guy doesn't have a certain AUM, the first question someone should ask, and I think the Collective 2 platform provides an answer to this, is which manager and which strategy can maximize return per unit of risk the best? I think Collective 2 helps um, cut across a lot of those barriers that may otherwise preclude someone from receiving a potential investment or doing business with someone or finding a great manager. Okay, so so John, uh, what, what briefly is the message of the Global Macro Edge book? Sure. The Global Macro Edge, Maximizing Return Punitive Risk, is, is, is a book that's broken down into multiple sections. So I would, so the first part is, what is the Global Macro Edge? Well, the Global Macro Edge is the ability to allocate capital to um, strategies which will perform well based on, based on the underlying macro narrative. So an example of that might be, um, we've been in a very low volatility environment, at least very low realized volatility environment. So certain trend-following strategies have really struggled in the FX space, and the equity space, and that has a lot to do with, you know, depressed inflation, depressed uh, wages that have not accelerated, inflation has not accelerated, growth that's been, you know, at 2% annual GDP, and that's kind of the right environment for a sort of slow trickle grind up, but not necessarily an environment you want to be long volatility for, and then not necessarily an environment that you want to be long, um, you want to, you know, play breakouts or certain trend-following aspects. However... It has been very conducive for more mean reversion strategies. So the global macro wedge is saying, okay, I'm going to assess the underlying market environment, and I'm going to overlay that with strong technical trading strategies and get the best of both worlds. When the regime is right for the strategy, I'll, I'll increase my leverage on that strategy. When the regime is not right for that strategy, I will decrease that, that leverage. And I think why that's so effective and why that can be so effective is that it's very difficult to go and backtest that stuff. We're seeing a, a trading world and investment world that's, coming, that's becoming more and more automated. And this qualitative aspect that the Global Macro Wedge provides, as I talk about and teach about, gives people a qualitative edge that's very hard to duplicate quantitatively, but can still rely on a framework and a, and a process, which we all need, I think, to succeed in investing. Okay, so, so uh, tell us, John, uh, I, I think the nucleus of uh, your strategy uh, relies upon a thing you call the netto number. Tell us about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Sure. So the netto number for me, and, and and just seeing the problem out there of not being able to understand the right context behind a prospective investment, okay? The netto number is something 
but adds a third dimension to performance analysis that just currently isn't, that just currently doesn't exist on either the retail or institutional level. And let me walk you through, through those, those three respective dimensions. The first dimension of performance assessment is I say, okay, you know, I made 10% last year, I made 15% last year, I lost 5% last year. That's instructive, but it still leaves a lot to be desired in terms of what overall information, you know, is there. We don't know, you know, what capital is at risk, et cetera. We simply know what the nominal return was, all right? So let's go to the second dimension. And that's what people commonly refer to as risk-adjusted returns. And you'll hear a term like a sharp ratio, a Sartino ratio, what the standard deviation of a, of a portfolio is, maybe something like the correlation of a portfolio to the underlying market, what the beta is, et cetera. And so that's what I call second dimension because that's very instru- that's more instructive than the first dimension, but it's still missing one key component, and that is how much actual capital was at risk before that active manager would be shut down or before at least that portfolio would, would, would be closed down. The third dimension, what the netto number encompasses, is if I were to say, okay, Charlie, I'm going to give you a million-dollar investment, okay? and I'm a, But I'm only going to give you a budget of $200,000 on that million-dollar investment, all right? I go to a second manager, and I say, okay, manager B, I'll give you a million dollars as well, but I'm going to give you a $400,000 risk budget, okay? Meaning if you fall from a million to $600,000, then you'll get stopped out. Well, that manager, manager B, Charlie, has twice the risk budget. They have twice the flexibility that you do. So at the end of the year, Charlie... You make 15%, okay, with a, you know, 20% standard deviation. Manager B makes 15% with a 20% standard deviation. And most institutional metrics and most people out there would look at you two as the same manager. In essence, your performance attribution would showcase the same way. With a netto number would say, well, hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second. Charlie actually maximized return per unit of risk better than manager B did because he had half the flexibility premium. He had half the risk budget. And there's no common metric out there right now that encapsulates that like the netto number that provides that true three-dimensionality to it because everything is done from an ex-post or after-the-fact perspective by saying, oh, well, this strategy made 10%, they had a 15% standard deviation. There's no context, there's no accounting of what was actually at risk beforehand. And the netto number takes care of that. So now if we back that out to on a day-to-day basis, well, that's great, John, but how do you use that to make money? I use that because not only can I look at a, at, at a manager like yourself and maybe a manager B in that respect, I can look in the market from the market of that respect as well. I can look at the performance of gold last year, that netto number, the netto number of the S&P, the netto number of um, an index. I can compare on an apples-to-apples basis what a long-short equity fund is doing against a, you know, a relative-value grain trader, a relative-value spread trader for, for the grain markets. All right? That netto number allows me to compare A with B, in one line, and once I can do that, I can look at 500 stocks on the S&P 500. I can look at 40 markets that maybe CTAs trade actively, and I can grade them from top to bottom what their netto number is, and that gives me a completely different perspective of what the macro narrative is and how I can allocate capital or at least put my capital in place as a result of that. And then it goes one step further is that now that the netto number has, in essence, redefined what investment skill is, I created the risk factor compensation system to tell you what to pay for that skill. So the higher the netto number, the higher incentive fee someone would get. So if someone had a two netto number, netto number two, they get a 35% incentive fee off the profits. If they had a netto number of 0.5, they get a 10% incentive fee. So all this talk about fees on Wall Street, the solution is the netto number because we need something that's dynamic. We shouldn't tell people, oh, lower fees for the sake of lowering fees. We should tell people, we'll pay you when you deliver alpha as defined by the netto number, and we're not going to pay you when you don't deliver alpha as defined by the netto number. So there you go. That's my two minutes.
synopsis. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so John, it, it sounds like uh, the Netto number is a way for uh, the investor to identify the alpha that is being created by the investment manager so that they can separate that alpha from the beta. Is, is that correct? So that the investor's not really paying for the beta, but they're paying for the alpha. Absolutely. It's, it's a great way to do that um, by simply by taking the netto number, comparing the netto number of the S&P 500 or versus the manager or whatever benchmark you want to use um, and, and can really flesh out where value is from, from either when deciding to make an investment or how to, to manage an ongoing investment. It's a great, it's a great tool to, to flesh out and not, not, not overpay for beta, but simply pay for alpha. So, uh, John, we need to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, let's talk about this risk budget and how to come up with a nettle number. It can't be overly easy if your book is 600 pages here. So again, uh, we're talking with John Nettle, a founder and CEO of Protean Trader. He speaks to us from Las Vegas, Nevada. And you're listening to Collective Two's Top Trader Radio. And we'll be right back. And we just want to take a break to uh, to point out that Top Trader Radio is brought to you by Collective Two, the world's largest automated trade sharing marketplace. Great traders like John today ask Collective Two to track their brokerage results in real time. Then other investors can subscribe to these traders and automatically follow them in their own brokerage account. Register for free at Collective2, that's collective and the number two, dot com, to browse hundreds of trading strategies, including full track records, detailed statistics, and experience the power of cloud-based trade syncing technology for yourself. Check it out. It's peer-to-peer -peer trading brought to you by Collective2.com. All right, back to uh, Charlie and his uh, his guest. Paul, thank you very much again. Having a very interesting conversation with John Netto, founder and CEO of the Protean Trader um, on Collective Two. Uh, so, John, a uh, couple of questions here. Uh, first of all, risk budget. Uh, you 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 talk about it, uh, but people haven't been creating risk budgets in the past. Does your book, or do you have a systematized way for an advisor or for an investor to calculate the risk budget? Absolutely, I think. Uh, well, the risk budget has. You're absolutely spot on. The risk budget um, from a broad level in the financial market has not taken place. It's most people who do who do invest passively, um, for better or worse, just assume that they are risking their entire portfolio. In some cases, when they're investing with leverage, assume even more than the entire portfolio. Where it has taken place is, is a very small niche. So it's not widespread by any stretch, but it has taken place at a small niche in certain proprietary trading firms. So if you go to a prop firm, like a, or you trade for a place like Tudor or Millennium or whatever, um, or Graham Capital, these big firms that run billions of dollars and they, you know, allocate to sub-managers, many of them will actually bring a manager on and say, okay, they'll, they'll prescribe one of two things. They'll say, listen, we'll give you a volatility target, which says, okay, we're going to give you $10 million investment and we're expecting you to run a vol or a volatility of 20% a year, okay? And that's kind of a, bit, a loose risk budget. And so if you lose more than that, they make it a little bit, you know, antsy um, and make a decision as to, as to continue the investment or not. What's more hardcore is where you see at some problems, especially in Chicago, is the hardcore risk budget where you know in advance what your stop loss is, in essence, on, on that portfolio. So we go to a million dollar allocation. 
and I say, okay, you can lose $200,000. If you lose 200 grand, you're done. Your trading is, is done. And you know this before the fact. So the manager knows this before the fact, and the investor knows this before the fact. And they come to that risk budget collectively as a team. They say, okay, given the historical volatility of the strategy, given the range of returns that you get, given the drawdowns that you've had in the past, what is an amount, what is a level that I can invest in you that tells me that if you lose this amount, that the edge that you have in the market may have decayed to a point that I no longer want to have this investment anymore? What is the flexibility you need to run this strategy while I can have assurances that, or I can feel comfortable that, that if, if we do get taken out, that that's because the strategy is no longer viable. And so that, that conversation rarely happens um, at, at a mainstream level and it needs to happen further, but it in essence is applying where the brakes are at, okay? The federal government has a budget, and actually they follow it. Most households have a budget. Um, there's no reason that your investments should not have a budget as well, and the risk budget is the answer to that. Okay. Um, now, most of our listeners, John, are either investors or investment advisors. And I believe you've been speak, uh, addressing more on the CTA side. Okay. So is this as applicable to investors and investment advisors as it is on the CTA side where they're doing futures, using leverage, etc.? It's as applicable because at the end of the day, the question comes down to what is it that I'm risking? towards what investment objectives. And that question transcends CTAs, investment advisors, institutions, down to family offices. It goes even beyond the market. It goes as entrepreneurs, which this great country is filled with and, and so many great entrepreneurs around the world, is what am I risking and what am I trying to make? And if you're risking more than what you're trying to make or if you can't define what it is that you're risking, it's probably time to, to reevaluate that process. So the Netto number is a tool for investment advisors, for equity investors, for mutual fund investors, for endowments, for long-term investment mandates, for insurance companies to assess what it is they're risking versus what it is they're trying to achieve and then have a way, because they've created that in advance, they can now look back and actually do an apples-to-apples comparison and have much better context of that investment. You know, one example I like to use is, you know, you look at a Mercator map from 400 years ago, okay? And on that Mercator map, Greenland appears to be the size of North America. And that one-dimensionality on that Mercator map is very confusing. It doesn't provide the right context. So if you wanted to, like, sail, you know, 400 years ago and go to what you thought were large land masses, um, you might go to Greenland thinking that you were getting North America. And so what the netto number does, unfortunately, is, is a lot of people invest in the same way. We, we hear, you know, funds that blow up that take on a lot of risk and only generate very small returns but those returns look very impressive because people don't understand what was at risk. So the netto number um, benefits RIAs, benefits investment advisors, because now investment advisors can understand on an ex-ante basis or before the fact what funds actually had at risk. And this is incredibly instructive to making an informed decision and helps investment advisors define the value to their clients because they're relying on them. You know, you investment advisors have to choose from 100 managers out there. And if they have... 10 managers that have roughly the same return profile or same P&L attribution, this netto number can serve as a key differentiating factor of where that investment still really exists. You know, I remember having a conversation, John, a few years ago with uh, a, a manager of a hedge fund. 
and he said that in his first job, when he went uh, to work as an analyst, uh, he was doing his performance was quite good. And his boss came to him and said, you know, you're not doing this right. He said, well, what do you mean I'm not doing this right? I'm getting good performance. He said, no, you're getting good performance because you're taking on more risk. He said, our job is to take on the same level of risk or less and get better performance. And he said that, that, that it just opened his eyes of what his job was really was all about. And it sounds to me like this uh, risk budget is all about that, getting the same or better performance with a lower level of risk. You're spot on with that, Charlie. And, and what the Netto number does is allows you to incorporate the size of the risk budget as a, as a key context into what um, that manager was doing. So it, the, that hedge fund manager you're talking about had he had a netto number to look at in that specific example, he could see that, you know, despite the nominal performance being maybe it, uh, in the upper end amongst his peers, his netto number may only be middle of the pack or even possibly in the lower quartile of his peers. And that, and, and this is the feedback we've gotten all along is that this, this duality, the duality of the size of what was actually at risk versus the volatility compared to performance is a game changer. Is a game changer. It's a bit analogous to if you have a real estate agent that goes and sells your home, I can give a million dollar home to one agent and they sell it in two months and they make a 6% commission, just opposed to an agent that sells it in 11 months and makes a 6% commission. I think we would all agree that there's a time value that should be a part of that real estate commission that currently isn't in play. And, and funny enough, the, the netto number has been retooled that it can be applied towards real estate brokers and give them a netto number and, and ultimately a, a compensation and their commission based on how fast and what price they get for the house. So if you put that, if we, if we bring this back to the portfolio world, the time value, if you will, is the size of the risk budget, and the price, if you will, is the size of the volatility, okay? And that metric right there, that those two independent variables that complement or take away from each other are what we wanted to bring into the portfolio management world, and I think that's why the netto number is so powerful. And give us a brief history of the netto number. You came up with it, I believe, in 2014. Were you working on it for years prior to that? Uh, and you yes, started the book in 2011, so apparently you started the book prior to having the netto number. The netto number, in terms of the name of it, was a, was a, a phrase I coined in my first book back in 2004, and it was a way to, to, to tally up three different components of a trade, and then the netto number of the trade would determine the profitability or probability of, of success, Okay. Fast forward to 2014, I started the book in 2011, and I needed a better way to, I needed to, to enhance the way, and this is the great part of writing a book, is that when you crystallize your process, you write, you have all this stuff written out, it, it, it's quite inspirational, it's quite, um, it really helped me sort of synthesize all these ideas and thoughts that I had. And so I was going through a situation where I was trying to define what that money manager, that conversation with the money manager you had, the hedge fund manager from, from a few years ago, like, how can I define that? And I was just stuck, and it took me, you know, months and months and months to think about, okay, well, if I just use a show up, that's not going to do it because I lack this. If I use a risk budget, that's not going to do it. And finally, it was one Christmas day of 2000, or near Christmas of 2014, I said, I got it. I'll equally weight the denominator with the size of the risk budget and the size of the volatility. And if I can do that, that gives the same parameters. So now I can take the profits, all right? And what I call the, the risk factor, and the risk factor is the size of the, uh, of, of the risk budget as well as the size of the volatility of the portfolio, you know, and boom, we have it. And what, what that turned out to, to demonstrate was is that managers that would try and game the system by taking on too big of a risk budget, okay, um, would have a lower netter number, they'd receive a lower compensation fee. 
conversely, managers that took on too much risk and had higher volatility would also receive a lower netter number. And this, and this netter number and the risk factor compensation system that goes with it complements managers that trade within a reasonable risk budget and keep downside volatility low. And that is the ultimate, you know, um, aspect because we know how they perform when they were forced to manage risk. And that's what happens when you get regime shifts that go on. A market trades one way for a while, then it goes another way. And all you have is a history of a manager, maybe even without a risk budget, and the market regime shifts, and all of a sudden you get these outlier returns with outlier volatility. Well, the net number can help solve that because you knew all along in that one market regime that manager had to follow this risk budget. So the net number is so powerful in so many ways because it helps solve that problem. So, John, the book is The Global Macro Edge, um, Maximizing Return Per Unit of Risk. It's available on Amazon and lots of other places, correct? Absolutely. You are still part of Collective 2 in terms of verification of performance here. For those who would like to know more, where can they go? I'd say for starters, you know, the, where the rubber meets the road is, is start with my Collective 2 performance. If you go to Collective 2 and type in Protean, P-R-O-T-E-A-N, that word means highly versatile, easily adaptable, and able to take on many shapes and forms, which describes my trading strategy. So Protean at Collective 2, also the ProteanTrader.com, the P-R-O-T-E-A-N Trader, T-R-A-D-E-R.com, and I'm giving away a PDF, free PDF sample of the book that includes Chapter 3 in there, which has that collective to excerpt of my collective to performance, as well as the index of the 580-page book. So I'd encourage all of you to go to my website and email me for a free PDF copy of, uh, of the Global Macro Edge, of, of part of the Global Macro Edge. Okay. So, uh, John, final words for our listeners. Yeah, I think that the, the trading um, is about growth. You know, trading is a microcosm of life. I, I think that, you know, if you have an idea, Collective 2 is a phenomenal venue to test that idea. Um, there's nothing like out-of-sample results, which Collective 2 provides, and I think that Collective 2 is the way of the future. Um, in terms of great verification point for me in, in my professional development, and I recommend that, that Collective 2 becomes part of your overall game plan in terms of getting to the next level as a trader, as an investor, as a manager. Okay, John, thank you very much for joining us today. This has been fascinating. And our best wishes to you uh, on, on your trading as well as uh, on the book. And uh, we look forward to hearing more about the Netto number over the coming years. Thanks for joining us. Charlie, it's been a pleasure. All the best, my friend. So, again, uh, we thank everyone for listening to, to Collective Two's Top Trader Radio. And uh, you can hear, you, you can go to their site, Collective Two, that's the number two, forward slash radio, to hear any and all of our interviews and, and podcasts. This is Charlie Wright reminding you to trade like you mean it. Collective Two's Top Trader Radio is a production of OC Talk Radio and is provided for educational purposes only. Content of this program and the views of the guests should not be considered as recommendations by OC Talk Radio or investment advice from the host Charlie Wright or any other entity attached to this production. Investors should always consult qualified financial investment tax and legal professionals prior to any investing. 